you are not using your gifts in service to the church, then you will always find your Christianity dissatisfied. You will never find the fulfillment that God desires for you because you are not using what He has given you the way He wants you to. And so I'm preaching this series of sermons on the spiritual gifts, not just as a teaching, although it's more teaching-oriented than a lot of my sermons, but because you need to think about it, pray about it, consider what are your spiritual gifts and how might you use them both for the sake of the body and for the sake of yourself and your own fulfillment. In previous weeks, we've looked at the gifts of leadership, the gifts of service, the gifts of compassion. Today, I want us to consider the gifts of discernment. This is the title I've given them. These are the gifts which I believe the Holy Spirit gives that allow Christians to have special knowledge or special understanding of circumstances. There are times when Christians need to know or understand things that are not immediately available to our senses, that we don't necessarily have evidence for. At such times, God the Holy Spirit can speak to the needs of the church through the gifts of discernment, which are, is the title that I've given to the gifts of knowledge, of wisdom, of discernment, and of faith. So we want to talk about those today. But to begin, I want to go back and reread part of the passage that we started this series with. It is one of the longer lists of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, and I want us to look today at verses 7 through 11. Hear now this, which is the word of the Lord. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between Spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each just as He determines. May God add His blessing to this reading of His Word. Now this passage includes, among others, the four gifts that I'm calling the gifts of discernment. They are knowledge and wisdom in verse 8, faith in verse 9, and discernment, or what here is called distinguishing between spirits, in verse 10. Next week, I'm going to be talking about what I call, for lack of a better name, the miraculous gifts. All the gifts are miraculous. They are gifts of God. But the miraculous gifts of healing, of miracles, of tongues, and interpretation of tongues are also listed in this passage. We'll talk about that next week. Today, let's look at these gifts of discernment one at a time. Let's begin with the gift of knowledge. Some people have called this word of knowledge. It's one translation. You might ask, well, doesn't everybody have knowledge of some sort? Does everybody who presumes to teach or lead or in any way be involved in church, in the church, have some knowledge? Well, of course we do. This is one of those gifts that, to some extent, is common to all Christians. Like faith, or giving, mercy, or hospitality, all Christians have some measure of these things. And yet here we're talking about the gift of knowledge from the Holy Spirit that is extraordinary knowledge. That often may go beyond the usual human ability and is made possible only as a special gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of knowledge might be defined simply as the divinely given ability to bring knowledge of truth to a situation, even if there is no evidence of it. Now here we're talking about an ability to know something without specific information having been given, so that there's no real reason someone might know that truth unless it has been revealed to them by God. There are many examples of this in Scripture, especially in the New Testament. Two of them I'll mention. 
person. We are told of a prophet named Agabus. And in Acts 11, 28, we read this. Agabus stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. This is it's evident here that Agabus has the gift of knowledge. He was given divine knowledge of something about to happen, which was a famine. And he spoke those words to the people. Then in Acts 21, it has, it's 10 chapters later, the same Agabus goes to Caesarea, where Paul has just landed back in Palestine, and he tells Paul that when he goes to Jerusalem, he will be bound and handed over to the Gentiles. In fact, he has an illustration. He takes his belt and wraps it around Paul's hands and says that it's a symbol of the fact that Paul will be arrested and turned over to the Gentiles. Now, in both cases, this prophet Agabus, that we don't know anything more about, he had no special knowledge he had not studied the meteorological reports to know a famine was coming. He had not talked to the authorities in the Roman uh, army in Jerusalem to know what was going to happen to Paul. Instead, he was told by the Holy Spirit through the gift of knowledge so that he might share that knowledge for the benefit of the church. Today, the gift of knowledge might be expressed through someone in the church miraculously perceiving that there is a danger the church should avoid. Or an opportunity that should be taken advantage of, even if there's not specific data to support it. We are talking about these gifts being divinely given. They are all miraculous. Which is why I sort of apologize that next week I'm going to talk about what I call the miraculous gifts. These are all miraculous. They are beyond our real human understanding. Now, the gift of knowledge can also be given so that there is an ability to understand the true nature of someone's presence. To be able to perceive that someone is not well or that they are suffering in some way that may not be evident on the surface. Or to know God's plans in a given circumstance, how people should react. All of these are signs of the gift of knowledge, and they are why the gift of knowledge is so important, particularly as support for church leadership. Those who are gifted with the gift of knowledge will help the leaders of the church to determine which way we should go and what we should be careful of. The next gift of discernment I want to mention is the gift of wisdom. This is a spiritual gift, which is not just the ability to have knowledge, but it's the ability to have a deeper understanding and clarity in a given situation. Often, the gift of knowledge is a divine gift of ability to understand the meaning of Scripture and how that Scripture needs to be applied to a given situation. Now, whereas the gift of knowledge will allow a person to know what is about to happen by the Holy Spirit, the gift of wisdom will tell us what to do about it or how we should react to it. It is to be wise as God gives the ability. The gift of knowledge goes beyond, the gift of wisdom goes beyond knowledge to clarity of thought and understanding of what is right, and especially what God's will is in a given situation. Now, a person with the gift of wisdom is the sort of person that people would be drawn to when they need counsel, when they need advice, when they are struggling with a decision, and they need wise direction. These are the people that you would refer to as being someone who gives good advice or is wise in difficult situations. <coughs> And again, just like the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom is critically important to those who are leading the church. At least one church leader should, and I believe by the Holy Spirit will indeed, have the gift of wisdom to provide direction to the body. That's how the Holy Spirit helps to equip and protect the church as we grow, as we move forward in ministry. We then come to the gift of faith. Again, this is a gift all Christians have to have in some degree. We've all been given sufficient faith 
to accept that the testimony of Scripture about Jesus Christ is true, so that we might invite Him to enter us, and enter into our heart, and save us. Without faith, none of us can be Christians. But to some people, the Holy Spirit gives an extraordinary measure of faith. This is the kind of faith that Jesus is talking about in our Gospel reading this morning. When He said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, so it doesn't even take that much, you could say to this mulberry tree, uproot yourself and be planted in the sea. Elsewhere, Jesus said, you can say to this mountain, be moved, and the mountain would move. This is the, the divine gift of faith. Now, I consider faith a gift of discernment because it allows a person to see beyond current circumstances, to discern what is possible according to God's will. It's the ability to discern what can be done for God, even when everyone else says, oh, that's not possible. We can't do that. We couldn't afford it. There are too many problems. We shouldn't even try. You know, we will be ruined if we attempt that. Perhaps one of the clearest marks of someone having a gift of faith is that they can simply assume that something can be done if it is God's will, without focusing on all the reasons why people say it can't be possible. An example that we use for that is in the case of Joshua leading the Israelites into the Promised Land. They are on the east side of the Jordan River, the area known as the Transjordan. And God tells Joshua to gather all the people of Israel together and group them in their groups and to prepare to cross the Jordan River. And I'm sure they all got into a group and Joshua instructed them from God. And they're all looking around saying, there are no boats, there is no bridge, this is a big river, how is this going to work? But Joshua, who I believe clearly had the gift of faith, was instructed to tell the priest to pick up the Ark of the Covenant and to walk forward until their feet were wet in the river, and then God would show how he was going to make this happen. And in fact, he rolled back the Jordan River and the people crossed on dry land. And so Joshua had the gift of great faith there and also the faith that they, as a small army, could take the Promised Land, even when the spies before that had said, the land is full of giants and they have walled cities and we don't stand Joshua knew they could do it because he had the gift of faith. It was an act of faith, an expression of the act of faith, which few other people could understand or support at the time. I'm sure you'd be tired of me using this building as an example of things, but this building, I believe, is a product of the gift of faith. There were many people in our church, including some people who were then in leadership, who did not think it was possible for us to build this building. Or even that we shouldn't attempt it because it was foolish, that it would bankrupt us, that there was no way we could do it. But there were others in our body whom God gave the gift of great faith to see what was possible. And by their faith and by their support and encouragement and giving, we were able to build this building with no debt in three and a half years with a congregation of disciples. Now, that to me is the moving of a mountain. We moved a mountain, we built this building, and it was a product of the gift of faith that God gave some of the people in our congregation. And to me, it's an example, of a beautiful, immediate example, of what is possible when people are willing to apply the gifts that God has given, in this case, the gift of faith, and of giving, which we talked about before. And finally, of the gift of discernment, I want to talk about um, the gift, which is called discernment, or in this passage, the distinguishing of spirits. This very simply is the divinely given ability to spiritually identify truth from falsehood. 
to distinguish between right and wrong, especially right and wrong motives, and the spiritual forces that may be at work in any given situation. The fact is that the devil was the angel of light, Lucifer, and he often comes in disguise. And it is difficult sometimes to know what is of the Lord and what is of demonic origin, because they wish to trick us, the evil forces. But the gift of discernment, when it is applied, it allows us to see what is right and what is wrong, what is of God and what is not of God. It is needed, but unfortunately all too rare, when it comes to evaluating whether something that is being taught is God's Word, and whether it is really from God or not. Too many Christian churches, and I've said to say too many Christian ministers, are teaching what is not true. I have quoted from the pulpit here. Ministers, Christian ministers, who are in churches being paid, who have decided God does not exist, and they are teaching their congregations that. Well, the gift of discernment in that body should be willing and able to say, wait a minute, that is not right. That is not the truth. But unfortunately, there is a lot of untruth being taught. Those with the gift of discernment, those with the ability to distinguish the spirits that are behind something, need to be able and willing to claim what is truth from God and what is not. The, the failure of God's children in the body of Christ to use that gift has led to a great deal of trouble in the church today. And I have always said to congregations, if I ever preach something or teach something, and God says to you that is not right, then I need to know. Because I am as faithful as I can be to what I believe is the truth of God's word. But if I ever fail, I need those with the gift of discernment to be willing to call me on that. As I've said, maybe you don't stand up and scream at me in the middle of a sermon, but see me about it, talk to me about it. I am under submission to the other leaders in our church. Now, the gift of discernment can be applied to many and perhaps all situations, including whether or not people are who and what they appear to be at first. There have frequently been times when someone has come to our church, they have wanted to get involved in the fellowship, and people are quick to hail them as a great addition to the fellowship, and yet I and others who perhaps have the gift of discernment has felt a certain disquiet, as though there's something not quite right here. A sense that something other than what is obvious is going on. And in most such cases, where someone with a gift of discernment has expressed that, we have later found out that there truly was a problem, which at first was not obvious. Similarly, there have been times when someone has come and asked for money from our church for other help, and it, which is something we want to do. We want to be able to help as often as we can. But in some cases, there has been a clear sense, though it may be hard to articulate, from those who have discernment that something is either right or wrong with that, that we either should or should not move forward in helping in that circumstance. As I say, it sometimes it's hard to explain, but in this way, the gift of discernment, the Holy Spirit uses it to protect us and to protect the church from those who would misdirect us, take us down wrong paths, teach us wrong things, or lead us into places we should not be. So these are the gifts of discernment. Knowledge, wisdom, faith, and the gift called discernment itself, or distinguishing of spirits. How can you know which of these gifts God perhaps might have given you? God the Holy Spirit might have anointed you with one of these gifts. Well, if you're the sort of person who seems often to have knowledge about the situation, that you can tell when someone is not feeling well, you can identify perhaps what is wrong with them. You hear a diagnosis and you say, I don't think that's right. Even though you may not be a medical doctor. 
whether there's any reason or concern in the human situation and so on, you may be a person who has a gift of knowledge as you have those kinds of experiences. If you have, they may be mysterious to you, and yet that may be the gift of knowledge. Are you the kind of person that friends and family members seem to seek out naturally, to turn to naturally, when they are trying to make a hard decision and need advice? Do people ask you your opinion on matters of importance, and do they listen to you? Do you often find yourself helping bring clarity to other people in difficult situations? If that is true, then you might have the gift of wisdom. Do you find yourself being willing to dare great things for God, even when circumstances of other people argue against the possibility for success? Do you find yourself saying to people, yes, but I think this is what God wants us to do, even though it will be hard? Do you find yourself only assuming that whatever God's will is can and will be accomplished if we are faithful, that mulberry trees can be cast into the sea and mountains can be moved against all apparent odds? If so, then you very likely have the gift of faith. Or do you have the ability to sense whether a person, a teaching, or a circumstance is what it appears to be, whether it is good or not? And especially whether the forces at work behind the scenes are from God or not. If so, if you understand that feeling of disquiet that you can't quite identify and perhaps can't articulate in circumstances, perhaps you then have the gift of discernment. All of these gifts, which I'm calling the gifts of discernment, are critically important to the church. They are necessary supports to the other gifts of the church, like leadership, teaching, and preaching to keep the church on track and moving in the direction that God desires for it. And if you have any of these gifts of discernment, the church desperately needs you to use those gifts. And it is the responsibility of leadership to help use those gifts and to make sure that they are being applied correctly. And you, for your own fulfillment, as I said earlier, you need to be using whatever gift or gifts, it could be one, it could be multiple gifts, that God has given you to serve the church to the glory of God. If you do not, then you will never be satisfied in your faith because it is by the using of those gifts we find our fulfillment as the Holy Spirit leads us. Might that we all do that.